0: This week's episode of the School of Laughs podcast is brought to you by Patreon supporter Ron Havens. If you'd like to learn how you can support the podcast through a small, recurring monthly donation, check out schooloflast.com forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And we also have a special guest sponsor this week.
1: Hi, this is Leslie Norris Townsend, and I'm here to invite you to be a part of the Clean Comedy Challenge 2017 in Pasadena, California, and in Chicago, Illinois. This is our seventh year for this one-of-a-kind conference that includes three days of learning, writing, performing, and hanging with the pros in the comedy business. The Clean Comedy Challenge invites comedians of all levels for a chance to work on a real comedy stage with an added church venue at each level. Past attendees include... Johnny W., Claiborne Cox, Marty Simpson, Andy Benango, Mike Paramore, Charlene May, and Todd Justice. So if you work clean or just want to work clean, go to www.cleancomedychallenge.com. When you register, make sure you mention the School of Laughs podcast so I know where you came from. Remember, there's no auditioning, limited space, early fee before May 1st. Come on, get on board the cleancomedychallenge.com. Try rain. Woo! Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show.
0: Welcome to the School of Last Podcast, Rick Roberts here. Thanks again to our sponsors, the Clean Comedy Challenge. You definitely want to take advantage of that if you live anywhere near or have the time to travel to Chicago or Pasadena. And thanks to Ron Havens, one of our Patreon supporters. And if you are a Patreon supporter at the Club 52 level, you'll receive an invitation to this Saturday's Hangout. We're going to use the Zoom platform. You'll get an invitation by email about 15 minutes prior to the call, and you can click any of the links to join in by your 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 laptop, computer, or your phone. Looking forward to talking to you then. Hey, this week I've got a great interview with Susan Sussman. She's out in Norfolk, Virginia. She's also a Club 52 member, and I met up with her when I did a show out there, did a corporate event, and invited her to come by and check out the show, and we talked about setting up her first fundraiser event at the temple she attends, and what this is is a two-part in one podcast. You hear the conversation we have prior to the uh, event that she was planning with some suggestions on how to run the whole thing and then i follow up halfway through the episode to find out how it actually went so without further ado let's jump right in now to the podcast for this week an interview with susan Sussman about setting up your first fundraiser a couple of questions if you want
2: um couple questions oh yeah i'm i'm putting together a i got the thumbs up at my <clears throat> temple i'm going to be putting together a comedy show the first one there in february
0: and <clears> is <throat> that the first <throat> one they've ever had too? Yeah. so mm-hmm. the first comedy show for you first time they have ever ha- hosted one at the temple so that's a lot of
2: yeah a lot, a lot of firsts first. <clears throat> it's got to be good
0: it's got to be good. So, you've got you and how many other people on the show?
2: Um, right. I'm thinking five or six. You know, maybe um, I have me, I have the headliner, I'm thinking maybe him for 30 minutes. Uh, I have another guy, 15, 20 minutes. Um, myself, I'm not sure if I should host and then do maybe a 10, 10 minute set or get someone else to host. And then, you know, although if I do host, it might give some of them an idea in the audience, you know, that I could be a good host for other events. That's
0: a good point. You know, a good MC or host is a a skill that that there's not as many people out there that do that as you think. Mm -hmm. It's in higher demand. Mm -hmm. And it also gives you the chance to as a host to correct the show if it starts to go off the wheels at some point. Right. You know, if you're if you put yourself up third in the show or something like that and the first two comics aren't really bringing it. Right. Then you're going to have to dig. That hole, fill in that hole, and get yourself back on the steady ground yeah. before it moves forward. But as a host, uh, you don't even bring somebody else out on stage. So you've got the crowd warmed up in the right place, and by doing the, the kind of comedy you do, at least the other comics should kind of see what's working with the audience. Uh-huh. And then if if one of them goes up there and they start to bomb a little bit or a lot, you know you can kind of give them the light, come back up, and reestablish the solid ground for the next comic. So right. it's a uh, it's a good question. Like I would probably host it, and that way also you could bring back that comedy show every quarter every half year annually or whatever uh-huh. and be the host of that show with new comics the next time right whereas you know if you're in the second or third comic in the lineup they um, it's not that you couldn't host the next time around but it can kind of be nice that you are the through line Yeah. especially for the temple because they they'll trust you as the host more than they will somebody else to host that since you're in communication with them already right. it,
2: yeah
0: and so four or five comics um, no problem with that. I'm always wary of having too many comics on a show. Because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of comics, it takes a few minutes to kind of get rolling. And so if you have too many, a majority of the time of the show, the comics are just trying to get their pace established. Right. See that. See. So if yeah. if they're established and they're good, then there's no problem with it. But if they're a little bit newer, it does take them a little, little longer ramp-up time on stage. Right. And then the other side of that, too, is... If they really love this show and you had five comics this year and you want to do it next year, they're going to expect five comics again next year. Mm-hmm. And if you do less, then they'll probably expect to pay you less because, hey, you only had three comics this year instead of five.
2: Right.
0: And then the other part of that is how many comics do you have that c- to choose from that could do this show again? If you only have six or seven in the area, then you might be better off doing three or four comics this time. Then you'd be the repeat person next time, and have the other ones come on yeah. board.
2: No, we have a ton of comics in this area now. It is unbelievable how many there are, but they're not all ready. Right. You know. And then I was going to ask, like, what about the energy uh, for the show? Uh, I don't want. I have. I know one woman who's maybe high energy. I wanted to have at least two females on there myself and one other person. And then I have someone else in mind who's more of a, a quieter, lower energy, but she's still very funny. Right. Um, and then the guys, um, I know the guys are up and down. Uh-huh.
0: I would, As far as energy, that's one component to look at, but I'd also look at how, like if you guys were just gonna put a poster out, mm-hmm. visually, you want the show to look, every comic to look different. Like, you know, even if I was going to do a show with four other middle-aged white guys, I'd probably want a guy that was a little heavier, guys a little taller, guy that spoke a little bit different, maybe different accents, so there's enough variety during the course of the show that people won't either Mm -hmm. compare two of the comics in the show together. Okay. That's one thing you always want to avoid is having two comics that are very similar or even fairly similar on the same show, if you can avoid it. And so... You know, style and stuff like that is one thing that plays into it. The energy is a separate one. But all things being equal, if you think you've got four or five completely diverse comics up there, it's not a bad idea to look at yourself as the host and see what kind of energy you bring. Look at the headliner and what kind of energy they bring. Like, is your headliner higher energy, low energy, middle? It's kind of middle. So if you had a higher energy female on the show uh-huh. or even a male, you probably wouldn't want to put them right before the headliner. Right, that's what I mean. You want yeah. somebody that's maybe a little less energy, equally as funny, mm-hmm. but a little less so that, that headliner can shine. Okay. And if that headliner's a male, it makes sense to have a female in front of him to kind of visually make it different. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think other things I can tell you. Ba- basically, you want to show as much diversity in the show as you can. Okay. And that mm-hmm. just keeps it interesting for the audience. Every time somebody steps on stage or a foot taller, a foot shorter, man, mm-hmm. girl, mm-hmm. Uh, white, person of color, whatever you might say, And then people walk out going, man, that was a, everybody was great and they were all completely different. Right. And that way you can really showcase everybody's talents Uh and what they have naturally stands out better.
2: Okay. That makes sense.
0: So not knowing the the four or five people involved, you you know them better than I do. So, you know, take that into consideration. And then as you're putting the lineup together, you know, if you're unsure on like the second and third person or third and fourth person, but you've got everything else figured out, maybe Uh just ask them, I mean, would you be more comfortable going before this person or after? And just let them know the the idea is for the entire show to build and finish super strong right so right. that's you know that's three there's probably three different ways to put this show together right. I and mean, you might hit it out of the park the first time you might may have missed one thing and, mm-hmm. and even a great comic can have an off night and they can kind of throw it off as well but
2: right and how long uh, 90 minutes
0: You know, what I would do is put it in a range. So when I book myself for corporate events, like the one I'm going to do today, I put it in a 50 to 60 minute range. Okay. I know I can do an hour, but I also know sometimes audiences, like this group today will have had four different keynote speakers. Oh, wow and they've been sitting in the same chairs uh-huh. all day long so 50 might be all they need mm-hmm. really 45 is probably all they really need uh-huh. but you know event planners they usually look in, in a one-hour block right. temple since it's new you know they're looking at you for the template so i would book a 70 to 90 minute show okay you know maybe 80 80 to 90 just so there's a little range in there because you know the audience may Maybe a little tight. You might actually do a two-hour show in one hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you go through your whole set and, like, that should have been an hour. Forty minutes into the show. <laughs> really? So, give yourself a little range. And, um, you know, unless they ask for it, I wouldn't even mention how long the show's going to go. Just say yeah. it'll be a fun evening. Yeah. You know? Uh, should
2: I, should I um, do any, like, improv at the end with people or have anyone or that... that takes away it being
0: a really good comedy show. Well, it, it puts a, a variable in there.
2: huh?
0: It puts a variable in place that could uh, go either way. Uh, okay. If you know your headliner is strong and they finish strong and you feel like the crowd's had plenty of humor. Right. If you leave them wanting more, yeah. then they'll come back to the next one. Okay. You know, if you do a 90-minute show and then you get some improv going, it takes five or ten minutes to kind of get the people involved and all of a sudden they're... It's not as good as it was.
2: Yeah, yeah I think I'll just leave it at, at stand-up.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would leave it stand-up this time and maybe yeah. you know down the road incorporate a little <clears throat> bit of that. But leading off, first time at a venue, first time doing the show like this, I would kind of hedge my bets and, and go with mm-hmm. not necessarily what's safe, but what's more reliable.
2: Yeah. And paying the comics, that just depends on...
0: Yeah, and you can work a million right. different things out. So this is going to be ticketed at, at what, $15 a head or something like that? 15
2: uh, in advance and 20 at the door. And, and it seats, food is separate.
0: Okay, and it seats 200 or so, you it's, said?
2: Yeah, about 200 to 250
0: So if it's sold out, you're looking at 3500 to 4000 plus for yeah, the night for the, on the tickets. It's
2: the fundraiser.
0: So, yeah.
2: um, I won't take any money because it's my temple, so...
0: Well, that's nice of you. What I what I would.
2: Well, no, they actually said that too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you could always say is go ahead and pay me, but I'll put it right back in the offering plate, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and that would be a tax write off, and, right. and which is totally fine for you right to do on as well. Passover yeah. Yeah, <laughs> with the uh, yeah with fundraisers, they're almost always game with splitting the door. Mm-hmm. You know that that sounds totally fine to them. So, if you sold four thousand dollars worth of tickets and you had two thousand to pay the comics out. And you had four or five comics. Boy,
2: comics would be lining up for me to do another show, I'll tell you. Well,
0: I think I think they deserve it.
2: Uh-huh. So and, do I. And some of them are go- poo-pooing. Well,
0: again, I would say, you know what? Do me a favor and accept the check this time. Right. And if you want to make a donation or something afterwards or tithe it, that's a great mm-hmm. thing to do. Mm-hmm. But if you don't take this this time or you argue about it, or it's we're not going to be able to get this budget the next time around. Mm.
2: Good point.
0: So you want to set the standard that, hey, this is what the expectation is and these are the kind of quality comics i can get for you with this right. kind of budget you know And if some comics want to donate that right back that's fine right good but, idea. It, but at least you have that in place so mm-hmm. it, it'll help you more next show than it will this show to make sure those comics get paid right and then i'm sure all the comics that do this one if they have a good time and they were able to make some money they'll be more than happy to come around the next time around
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i mm-hmm. you know we have a a high stage in that room. It's a huge room, you know. A lot of people know what that, like a conference room. And um I'm just thinking, they have a platform. I could get a lower stage. Would that be a better idea? Because that, that stage is at least five feet high. Yeah, high I ground, would. Maybe.
0: Would they be able to put the same stage, the stage in the same place and, and lower it? Yeah. I would mm-hmm. do that by, yeah. yeah. One of my biggest things that I've noticed over all these years is if the stage is more mm-hmm. than a, f- Really, eighteen inches, two feet off the ground. You know, as long as they can see, that's all I need to see. But if it gets too much higher than that, for me, there's a separation. You know, and I'm looking down at people, right. and it's you know, you're getting shadows, and you're they can't see your facial expressions as well. Right. As I get as close to their level as I can, uh-huh. I prefer to be on the same level when I do events, if at all possible. Now, if there's three hundred in the room, you might need to be up a mm-hmm. foot or two, but besides that, it it kind of becomes a uh, for me. I don't like it. Some comics prefer that and they prefer the audience to be in complete darkness and they don't even want to see the people they're talking to. I'm the complete opposite. I want to be as in the middle of the group. I want to be part of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, again, yeah. it might be something you ask your... I wouldn't even ask your other comics about it. I would just make that decision to get a lower one right now.
2: Right. And then the lighting, um, you don't want to like have it bright. In the room? Yeah, in the room.
0: Probably not for, for what you're doing. I would... Uh, Again, what I would do is have the make sure the stage area is fully lit. And when you lower the stage, make sure that the lights are lowered, too. Because the lights might be set to hit people at four feet tall, four feet up off the ground, but not at one. Um, chances are it's a flood, you know, a wash, as they call it, and it would be fine. But I would check that out. Maybe right. next time you go by, just... in advance. Yeah, maybe just stand on the ground. And if, if the so light's hitting your head, then you're going to be fine because it's going to be hitting higher, too. And then... Um, As far as the audience, if they have the light on a dimmer, that's the best possible thing. Uh, You can start the the evening a little brighter, and as it gets closer to showtime, dim it. And then it's up to you how far down you go. I would still like to be able to see at least the first three or four rows' eyes because I can be conversational on stage, and I want to be able to see who I'm talking to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, But I I never like it so dark where I could walk off the stage right, and land in the front row or or have people get up and leave and me not know. (laughs) That's the other thing, too. I think when it's a little bit, a little bit brighter in the audience for me. Uh, there's zero heckling because they they're not invisible, and they don't get up and leave because I would notice. Um, and so people tend to stay oh, like in their that. seats when it's lit more.
2: Yeah, I like that. Plus, we will gonna have, probably have like bar food, but on the side, uh-huh. so people can go over and buy stuff, and that way they can get up during the show if they want and get food. I, yeah, I recommend on that I, one they do it before they come i was going to open the doors like an hour before yeah
0: i would advise having them stop the food once the show starts oh, okay. if it's an option okay and that way nobody's getting up same thing if there's a, a bar in the room or a bartender you know making announcements 10 minutes before the show starts hey we're going to start right now the bar will be closed during the show so if you think you might need an extra one now's a great time to go grab it they even do that 15 minutes before the show starts. Mm-hmm. That way people know they can go grab a cigarette if they need to or what have you. Mm-hmm. Hit the restroom, grab a drink. And then they've got the full focus on you guys during the show. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Those are my tips. Let me know how it turns out.
2: Yeah, it's not till the end of fe- toward the end of February. Okay. So, and, and I'm even having them pick a snow date. Because Very- it doesn't snow much here, but it could it could it could so uh, yeah and here like everything closes when there's a quarter of an inch of snow right they don't have any plows or anything so um yeah this area is crazy with snow
0: yeah i think it's smart to have this the backup date already and i would even put the the backup date on the ticket and all the posters so you don't have to yeah. reprint anything after the fact.
2: That's what I was thinking. I said, you know, we're selling tickets in advance. If it snows and there's no, we have to cancel the show. What about all the people that bought tickets? Yeah. So we, we have to have a backup show.
0: That's awesome. So. Well, cool, Susan. Thanks. Yeah. Great. Thanks for making time to pop in here today.
2: Yeah. Thanks for inviting me to, I can't wait to see you perform today.
0: Hey, thank you. should be fun. <laughs> So, I'm here with Susan. Uh, As you heard on the first half of the podcast, she was getting ready to put on her first fundraiser, and it was also going to be the first comedy show they ever had at her temple. And since the recording, they went ahead and did the show. So, first off, Susan, uh, overall, how did you think the show went?
3: Oh, it was fabulous. The turnout was way more than uh, anyone expected. You know, Uh we had 150, 150 people in all. At wow. The event,
0: and I yeah. remember a couple of maybe a week or two before the event, you shot me an email. There was only a few people that had bought tickets, and I'm like, well, you know, it's okay to cancel a show. And that's probably what I would do, but you, you stuck through with it and found that lots of people signed up at the last minute, huh?
3: Yeah, they were telling me. Uh, yeah, I was real nervous about it because we had been advertising it already for about six weeks. There's a really good graphic artist. We did press release, all kinds of stuff. And we had like three people sign up like three weeks before the show, and a lot of people were telling me at the temple that a lot of people just wait till the last minute to sign up for these events. Two weeks before the show, we had fifty-four signed up. Uh, one week before the show, um, um, no, thirty-two, and then one week before, fifty-four. The morning before the show, or the day before, we had eighty-four, and then by the time I got there at six of the night before the show, we had. Um, uh, table set up for 150 people.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. You know, I probably would have freaked out a little bit, but, you know, it's good to kind of listen to those other people and say, that's a kind of the culture here, late signups, late arrivals or whatever. And But man, that's a little nerve wracking, huh? Uh,
3: it was, yeah, especially it's my first one, you know, it was the first one I was doing. I was trying to prove myself a little bit to the temple community.
0: And I, I remember we had yeah. talked about the the setup of the stage and everything, and that there was a kind of a raised stage that was pretty high up. And you were thinking about putting a a stage lower. What did you, did you end up deciding to do with that?
3: Um, I ended up just using the regular stage. It wasn't as high up as I thought. You know, I went back, checked out the room a couple times, and I also brought in one of the, like I said, my friend uh, ben, who's a comedian. He was going to be in the show. He also ha- has produced a few at his temple and he looked at it, he said, nah, it's good this way. And it really wasn't that high up. So so we didn't have to bring in uh, a platform. So that worked out well.
0: That's good. And where did you set the ticket price at?
3: Uh, the tickets were $15 a piece and 20 at the door. And that's, that's um, cool. that was good. Yeah, that worked well too.
0: That's pretty cool. And then, um, how many comics did you end up having on the show?
3: I had, including myself, six. Okay. So I had I hosted I hosted and did about a twelve minute set. Cool. Um, I, I had one guy do seven minutes. He was also a temple member uh, that's been doing stand up in the area. And then I had three of them do fifteen apiece, and the headliner did about a half hour.
0: Yeah, so just just a little bit over ninety minutes. That sounds like a, a pretty good show.
3: It was. It was really. It went really well. flowed well. Everybody complimented me on the show. Um, and um, should I talk a little bit about who to hire? You know, who to bring in?
0: Yeah, tell me how you set that up.
3: Um, you know, I made a list of comics that I knew, and you know, I just want to say when someone says to me. Who runs a a couple rooms said, Nobody should ever do a show before they've been in in the community doing comedy for about three years. And that was the best advice I ever got because a lot of people jump into this stuff right away. They have no experience. And I knew the comedians. um, I knew what kind of show I wanted. So I I invited people that uh, I knew could do a solid and it was a clean show. Mm-hmm. They had to be people I could depend on and I knew their stuff and um, and I knew we'd show up, you know,
0: so. That's a great point. Yeah. That, you know, you can you can ask around who's a good comic and get, get some names, but unless you've seen them and worked with them another know their temperament and know that they will sacrifice maybe a few jokes for the betterment of the entire show, it's just the comfort level of producing that show goes way up and especially bringing it to your temple where you, you know, You've got to show up for your temple next week whether whether the show goes good or not, or find a new temple
3: exactly, and I knew you know i I kind of knew what the crowd it was open to the public It was not a private show so but in general, I knew where the people were at and meant, meant from my temple, so I knew what they would like and not like not not exactly, but I, I I knew what what they
0: would not approve of. A lot of things went well. Tell me about, you don't have to get specific or names or anything, but were there things that popped up the day of the show or right before the show that kind of you're like from the, from the venue where you're like, really, let me do my show and just stay out of it. Any of that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. um, The day before the show, the uh, director tells me she is going to have people order pizza in from the tables while the show is going on really
0: so the they're, so, they're, they're ordering pizza from where that's my question like where were they was it coming in from Domino's or was it from back in the kitchen yeah
3: Domino's and pizza Hut. and uh i said you can't i said to her you can't do that she said why not i said because um you know it interrupts the show she's never run a show before
0: so tell me how that worked out like we're we're Domino's pizza delivery guys walking up to different tables making transactions during the show?
3: No, no, they came up, they came into the temple, into the hallway before, we were in a big hall, so they didn't come in there.
0: I think you, yeah. you should have got some money from the pizza place. Does this sound like it might be an inside job of uh, some kickbacks or something going on at the temple? Well,
3: well... I I texted all the comics the, the messages them the day before or a couple of days before. I said, "Look, this is what's going to happen. Be prepared." So everybody came up with a bunch of jokes for this. That's great.
0: Yeah. I know it's like a, a million things that come at you the last minute. You're like, "What in the world?" Um, tell me about what you did advertising wise. So was it strictly posters, or did you do some Facebook or online or anything like that?
3: Lots of stuff. Um, the temple has an in-house Graphic uh, artist website person that was awesome. So together we um, we planned a poster, and um, you know she said she's tired of the brick wall thing. So she came up with something cool, and I had to get I um, got photos and short bios from all my comics, and um, she put a nice poster together. Plus she put. The poster on the uh, for the temple website. Uh, she printed them up, which went in the hallway at the temple, and I took some and I gave a few out, and people posted them around town. Um, and then uh, I just kept doing it on Facebook. Uh, I took the link, I put it on my Facebook page. We had two links. We had one where they can just snap right onto it, and they could. It took them right to the page where they could buy tickets. Gotcha. And then. Yeah, and then they had uh, a page where, you know, you could read the bios and stuff. We pretty much covered all the generations.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, we
3: had emails, we had phone number to call for reservations, and we had online reservations. So anybody could get involved in it, you know, could could get tickets. Because there's a, an older population there, so that doesn't use um, Facebook or the online ordering. So that way they could just call up. Right. and uh, And there was a press release. There were a couple press releases in the Jewish news. I just made it a habit every single week uh, to advertise it. And then I sent all the comics a link that they could uh, do it too.
0: Cool. Well, thanks for sharing all that with us. And uh, I can't wait for the listeners to hear this, learn a few things. And maybe uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you've got some ideas of how you can make shows even better, or if you listen to this specific episode and thought, man, there's one thing they could have done, uh, shoot it to us school of laughs at gmail.com and I'll compile a short list and put it in a blog post down the road. But thanks again, Susan. I appreciate it.
3: Yeah. And then you have my uh, website now too. You can put on there. So That's it's true. Uh, com.
0: That way you can go and look and see who you've been listening to for the past half hour. And thanks Susan for being part of the club yes. too, as well for supporting the podcast. And uh, that's one reason I was happy to you know, get you on and meet up with you in Norfolk when I was there a while back, and, and I'm just excited to see the stuff that's going on.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think your club has helped me push me a little bit
0: to keep going, and, and all your tips and
3: it, it's really a great thing that you've done.
0: Um, I appreciate it. You know, so
3: people should be involved with it.
0: Definitely be involved. Yeah, it's been a, a blessing for me. I've gotten a lot of good insight and tips from everybody else that's in Club 52. So it's been a win-win for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Rick. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. Susan Sussman was setting up her first fundraiser. What a success that was. 150 people turned out at $15 a ticket. Nice job. And I was about to tell her to pull the plug about two weeks out. Hey, just goes to show, even though you've been in it this long, you don't always know everything. So, great to hear that success story from Susan. A Club 52 member, don't forget, if you are in Club 52, we have the Zoom Hangout this Saturday, April 22nd. That's Earth Day. Ooh. From 1 to 2 Central Time, you can jump on that phone call with an invitation only sent by email and I'll send that to all the Club 52 members at the $7 a month or more level and thanks to you guys for supporting the podcast and making this thing happen hey a couple quick announcements really quick if you are in the Nashville area and you want to take the business of comedy class that takes place on Saturday May 13th from 1 to 4 p.m. at the School of Laughs headquarters just outside of Nashville Tennessee also if you'd like to take the writing class that's coming up live in Nashville feels well, May 8th, 15th, and 22nd. If you're interested in any of those things, just shoot me an email at schooloflaughs@gmail.com. laughs at gmail.com. And until next time, thanks again. And here's one more word from our sponsor this week, the Clean Comedy Challenge.
1: The Clean Comedy Challenge invites comedians of all levels to have a chance to work on a real comedy stage with real comedy pros watching and privately critiquing you. It's Eddie Brill, Dwayne Kennedy, Dobie Maxwell, Jimmy Brogan, Dennis Regan. They'll all be on board for these private critiques and seminars so you don't want to miss out it's no auditioning early fee before May 1st go to www.cleancomedychallenge.com when you register make sure you mention the School of Laughs podcast so I know where you came from Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.